0: Hi everyone, Dr. B here again, another episode of Ask the Dentist. This is a place, a safe place, no shaming here, where you can ask a question about oral health. I've been in practice for over 35 years now, and I have a functional approach to dentistry. Uh, I try and look at the big picture. I'm actually helping other dentists kind of see things the way I do, and that is this functional integrative way of seeing things. In other words, you know, if you keep getting cavities, instead of just filling your cavities, I'm going to have a talk with you about what causes the cavities and what can we do to make it so that every six months when you come in, your child or you don't get cavities. So, you've heard me say that before. I don't want to bore you with that again, but thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about a very complicated topic. It's emotional, it's political, it's uh, territorial, it's very controversial, and maybe you're already thinking what that topic may be. Yes, it is fluoride. So anyway, There are some very recent changes. My thoughts on fluoride have really never changed. When my first daughter was born almost 34 years ago, my thought was I don't want her and subsequently my two other daughters, all three of my daughters, I don't want them ingesting fluoride. And I didn't have enough data back then. My argument was really just a lesser of two evils. Uh, If any of that stuff that they were talking about back then which is a lot of the stuff that we're talking about now with the problems with ingesting fluoride, although now we have the data, we've got studies to support it, then if any of that was true, I would really rather have dealt with just filling cavities on my daughters. Um, to me, that was it was easier to fix a tooth than it was a brain or... IQ or osteosarcomas later in life, bone density issues, even cancer. And that's what we were hearing about fluoride back then. Well, now we've got data. So, I'm going to have Catherine ask her question. That'll give us the context of how to answer this question today. And I think you'll be surprised on what's different from what you've heard. And one last thought before we let Catherine ask her question. If you're dentist, I would consider changing dentist. If your dentist doesn't give you advice, the advice that I'm going to give you in relation to Catherine's question, if he or she is not giving you that advice, I would really, honestly, I would seek out another dentist. And I'll talk more about that. But this is the question that Catherine is asking is the question that... Every parent should be asking of their dentist. And you may be surprised by my answer. So, anyway, here's Catherine. Take it away. Hey, Dr. B. Really wanted to get your thoughts on fluoride for kids. My daughter is three years old, but really, I'm just wondering from birth to pretty much age 16, 17, 18, what are your thoughts on fluoride and what our responsibility is as parents? Thanks so much. Catherine, thanks for asking that question. So, this is, I think, one of the most important questions you can ask about your kids when it comes to healthcare visits, whether it's your physician, your dentist. And and let me add one more, kind of one more point that should be addressed, and that is don't forget fetal exposure. Catherine asks about her newborn and when they grow up uh, into young adults, but probably the most vulnerable time of that child's development to fluoride, to the ingestion of fluoride. And yes, that means mom drinks fluoridated water and it gets into her blood supply, passes across the blood brain barrier into your fetus's brain. We know that that happens. And so your fetus is potentially exposed to this neurotoxin. And so when you ask that question, you should really, I guess my point is, is you should be asking the question before you conceive. So again, how important is this question? Let me go back 35 years. This is, uh, I was a young dentist just out of dental school. I had done some research on fluoride. I was wary of it. Anytime something is added to a water supply and, and everyone is exposed to it, that just makes me nervous. To me, that is that is suspect. And back then, we were taught in dental school that ingesting, you know, at that time, it was 1.1 parts per million of fluoride in the water, that that would actually produce fewer cavities in children. And that was all by correlation. It was actually an accidental find by a dentist in the early 1900s. Fluoridated water became a thing in the late 50s in the US. And there's a whole backstory to it about the Alcoa Aluminum Company and the phosphate fertilizer companies and fluoride being a toxic waste, hard to get rid of, Wouldn't it be convenient to just pop it into municipal water supplies? I'm not going to get into all that. A lot of that you can get by listening to a podcast that I was on with Drew Perot, the Broken Brain podcast, and I will include a link to that. So, you can listen to that while you're driving or sitting down relaxing and get a little background on that. But What I want to do is answer Catherine's question. So... Today, my answer today is essentially the same, but I had better data to support why I'm saying it back when I made the decision for my kids. And unfortunately, I didn't know enough back then. But my argument back then to prevent my newborns, I have three daughters, the oldest is 34 now. So 34 years ago, I decided to buy a distiller and prevent them from ingesting fluoride Mm -hmm. because back then, there was lots of talk about dental fluorosis, that's too much fluoride in your teeth, which actually causes cavities, glucose intolerance, dental fluorosis, I mentioned that, bone fragility, arthritis, thyroid disease, even cancer. And you know, there was talk about effect on the IQ of the child and kidney disease. And to me, that was enough to scare me off. And back then, I made the decision that I would rather have just treated a cavity or two on my daughter, on my kids as opposed to trying or regretting that they had, you know, effects to the brain, for example, or that they did get bone cancer, that kind of thing. So, that was my lesser of two evils argument. And so, even before my oldest was born, I was already had a distiller installed in the house and and was making distilled water. And that was so I could remove the fluoride. Unfortunately, what I didn't know is that there was fetal exposure to fluoride. And where we were living, which at the time was Burlingame, that water was fluoridated. That was the San Francisco water supply. Burlingame is a little suburb of San Francisco. That was water from the Sierras. It was a very high quality water, but they were adding fluoride to that water. So my kids did get a little fluoride. Today, the answer is the same, except that I would recommend that before you conceive, that you take yourself off of fluoride. Make sure that mom is not exposed to any fluoride at all. And that fluoride can come from many different sources. It can come from teas. It can come from medications. It can certainly, it comes from our drinking water. I know that's hard to believe, but that's the major source. It can also come from swallowing toothpaste. You know, with morning sickness, maybe toothpaste is being swallowed by mom. That can be a problem. So look online. You can go to our website. We have all the sources, potential sources of ingesting fluoride. It could be that when you go see the dentist, you're a mom, you're pregnant, and you have a fluoride treatment. Maybe because the dentist is worried that you're going to get a lot of cavities. That seems to be a trend, and that's a different Different topic altogether, uh, whether that's true or not, but a lot of moms do get cavities. And so the dentist may, even though insurance won't pay for it, may ask that the mom should consider getting a fluoride treatment. Well, if you swallow that fluoride, which is a concentrated form of fluoride, that is going to your fetus. Your fetus is ingesting that and is being exposed to that. So there are a lot of things to worry about. So the best thing you can do is eliminate your exposure completely completely to fluoride. Now, your child will be exposed to a lot of forever chemicals. I mean, there are so many. There's glyphosate, there's the PFTEs, the nonstick pan chemicals, several others. And there's air pollution and there are other things in water. And and of course, it's going to be impossible to not be exposed to all those chemicals. And that's the great thing about talking, having this discussion about fluoride. This is one thing you can do for your child that works and it's possible. If you filter your water and are cognizant of what you're ingesting that may have fluoride in it, you can prevent your child from being exposed to fluoride. And why would you want to do that? Well, the main reason is that we now know that fluoride, ingesting fluoride, essentially leads to brain damage. It lowers the IQ of your child by five to nine points, depends on which study. And there are several. There are over 65 studies. There was one that just came through the other day that actually talks about a lesser amount of fluoride at a much lower concentration that what we have in our water, a lower concentration can even cause damage to the brain. So that, again, you don't need to fall back on the lesser of two evils argument to know that you want to and you can prevent this exposure just knowing what to do. So I guess my answer to Catherine is yes, before conception, after your baby is born, and up until they're a teenager, these are times where your child's brain is very susceptible to the ingestion of fluoride. And you want to minimize it completely if possible. And that would mean filtering your water, being careful of bottled water, and making sure that when they're the dentist, And I know a lot of dentists will be upset when they hear this, but they should not. For example, your child's two years old, two and a half years old, even five years old, and they get that fluoride treatment after their prophylaxis, their dental cleaning. You know, how do you know they're not swallowing that fluoride? That fluoride will get to their brain. And even though it's maybe once or twice a year, we don't know really what the actual dosage is to the brain. So, why deal with it? A lot of people and a lot of dentists will say, well, what about cavities? You're Dr. B, you're condoning my child to a greater incidence of decay. And the studies out there are not conclusive that adding fluoride to the water actually reduces decay. At best, maybe one less cavity per child in their lifetime. And is that worth all the stuff that you know could go wrong with your child when ingesting fluoride? So the benefit, if at all, is minimal, There are many recent large-scale studies from the US, actually also from Europe, that have found little practical or statistical difference in cavity rates among children. And a lot of kids that don't live in fluoridated areas, and that's most of Europe, actually, they're getting the same amount of cavities that kids are in the US, where we're heavily fluoridated. So, don't believe all the hype. Unfortunately, a lot of that comes from the dental profession. I don't believe it. I didn't believe it back 35 years ago. And I think the risks of swallowing fluoride are much greater, we know now, but are much greater than maybe preventing one cavity. Remember, it's much easier to fix a tooth than it is a brain. It's impossible to fix, you know, a reduced capacity of the brain or IQ. It's easy to fix a tooth. So given a choice, it's really a no-brainer. Sorry, bad pun. Anyway, so how do you avoid fluoride from tap water? uh, I'll include a link. We've got Several blog posts on that. I even make recommendations on water filters. You don't have to buy a distiller. Distillers are expensive, they use a lot of energy. There are a lot of countertop filters that will help you accomplish that. And there are a lot of parents out there. I'm one of them. I mentioned earlier that I didn't address the fetal exposure to my daughters. I mean, there's only so much you can worry about. They're going to be exposed to so much. But if you're a new parent, you haven't conceived yet, by all means, this is really an easy way to eliminate one chemical that could affect your child's health destiny, their destiny in general, in terms of overall health, and that's important. So think about that. I'm gonna include a link to the Fluoride Action Network. There's also a lawsuit at the federal level. It's been going on for the last year in San Francisco. Actually, I've been following it very carefully. I'm very excited. I'm hoping in my lifetime that we see the end of fluoridation in our water supplies and our municipal water supplies. We really need to protect future generations of children. It is so important. And this is one simple way that we can do it by just getting rid of the fluoride. There's a lot of pressure from big corporations and the dental profession on keeping fluoride in the water. And I think it's a huge mistake. So read about it, become an expert on it, go to our website, read about everything that I've written about it. I'm not the only one that's writing about it. There are dentists that are beginning to see the light. It's important to protect our children and our society, you know, what are the costs of fluoridation to us as a society? I actually have an intern working on that question right now. And we're trying to quantify that in billions of dollars. You know, does it affect how many bad decisions we make? Does it polarize us as a society politically? I mean, there are some connections between ADHD and ingesting fluoride. So, there's a lot to discuss and it gets very heated as it was back 30, 40, 50 years ago. And it is very daunting to a lot of parents. But I just want to simplify this. Remove fluoride before you conceive from your diet. Do not let your child be exposed to fluoride. If your dentist box at you asking them not to give that fluoride treatment to your child, just walk out of there. Pay your bill, walk out and find a functional provider. A lot of functional dentists will not give fluoride to your child and they know why. They have done the research and they are up to speed. So, anyway, I hope that answers your question, Catherine. I try not to scare people and just hang in there. Don't feel bad if your child's been exposed to fluoride. But let's pass this information on to future generations, to future parents, and make it so that we don't have to have this discussion. And that would be a great thing. I'm hoping that before I leave this planet, that fluoride has been removed from our drinking water. All right. So, that's my answer to the fluoride question. I hope that is helpful to many. I don't know if you could tell in my voice. I get a little choked up on this topic. You know, as a dentist, I feel bad. We've promoted this neurotoxin. And I think in the end, you know, I think a lot of dentists, a lot of dental schools, the curriculum, hopefully the American Dental Association, they will feel differently about this and make the changes. But it could be a few years away. The result or the outcome of this lawsuit will be very telling. The lawsuit in San Francisco against the EPA. And that actually is going well. Judge Chen seems to really have a good handle on the science. The EPA has put up a very poor defense and the plaintiff has done a great job. The plaintiff attorneys have done an incredible job. So, you know, stay connected to my Twitter feed and my Instagram feed on updates on that. Uh, They seem to be coming in almost monthly right now. So, So I'm hoping that will end in a good result, at least the lowering of fluoride in our water. If you have any other questions like this, please go to speakpipe.com slash dentist. If you're looking for a dentist now because of what I said, also go to, we have a directory of functional dentists and they will think like I do. They will know that they won't push back on the fluoride treatment. They're probably not even offering that. That's a link on the upper right hand page at askthedentist.com and that's Exactly that. Askthedentist.com slash directory. So that list is growing. Thank goodness. There are a lot of dentists that think the same way and they understand the science. And remember, dentists also are parents. So we also have the same concerns and fluoride certainly should be one of them. Again, thanks so much for joining me on this episode. Fluoride is always a little, uh, kind of gets me worked up. And uh, if you need more information on this topic, of course you know, reach out to me, go to our website, askthedentist.com. We've written a lot about it and then stay connected with me and on Instagram and my Twitter feed, also the website. I will be reporting back on this lawsuit and I have my fingers crossed. You should too. Again, thanks for listening. See you next episode. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only. This podcast is not a substitute for professional care by a dentist, doctor, or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for help in your journey, seek out a qualified medical practitioner. If you're looking for a functional dental care provider, you can visit askthedentist.com directory and search our Find a Dentist database. It's important that you have someone in your corner who's trained, is a licensed healthcare practitioner, and can help you make changes, especially when it comes to your health.